so I've been meaning for some time to do uh, a piece on on George W. Bush. I just think he's the sort of the poster child for the twelfth house sun. This is a, a pretty famous astrological predicament. The twelfth house sun has sort of a, a, a lot of romanticism about it in the astrology community as being a really challenging placement for people. Astrology has all these great names for the houses. There's the the seventh house, for example, has to do with with marriage partners, friends, and open enemies, which I think is such a great expression. Eighth house has to do with other people's money and things like that. Uh, and they have these sort of psychic-y connotations, which I don't love, but once you get sort of deeper into them, they're actually quite profound in terms of how, uh, such in the eighth house, things like emotional connection with people relates to the, the flow of emotions and the flow of shared resources and the flow of other people's money, loans, and investment, and how that's actually similar to sexual relationships with people in terms of which it rules as well, um, and life and death, and, and uh, pardon me, birth and death, um, as well, and all the sort of primal experiences of flow and transformation, and, and, and uh, uh, there's a profound connection between them when you get to it. The twelfth house is, I think, the most interesting of all of them, and it has to do with enlightenment, it has to do with prisons, <laughs> it has to do with insane asylums, it has to do with meditation and withdrawal, it has to do with hidden enemies, unlike open enemies, these are the people who are out to get you and you don't even know it. Uh, it has to do with all kinds of mystical experiences and psychic experiences. It has to do with redemption as well, and it, all of the sort of Christian values in terms of redemption, self-sacrifice, and so forth. Uh, all the sort of spiritual uh, stuff and longings go there. And it's also the house of self-undoing, which I think is a wonderful expression that we'll parse out in a minute. So uh, it's a very powerful house, and people who have their son in there in the 12th house, their purpose is very much aligned with this. These are people like like Osho, Sri Rajneesh, the great mystic uh, from the 70s, who is a little bit, you know, there was a lot of, of uh, controversy surrounding him because he was sort of a sham, but also incredibly charismatic, and with all of this, this 12th house stuff, you never quite know if it's a scam or if it's actually, you know, magic or true enlightenment and so forth. That's always almost anybody who is a mystical teacher, whether it's a televangelist or uh, some guy levitating in, in India, you know, there's always this sort of mix of, oh, wow, was that this mystical experience? Is this somebody really channeling the divine or was it just hocus pocus, right? We never really know. And sometimes, you know, it can be one and flip the other. And, and sometimes it doesn't matter because we need that experience so much as part of our lives that we're okay being deluded for a little little while. And then sometimes it really is a genuine article. There are people who are, you know, walking saints and they're around. But it's always hard to tell. And that's part of the nature of the 12th house and, 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 and Neptune's rulership of it. In the case of the 12th house, I think George Bush is really, uh, George W. Bush really is sort of the poster child for all of the aspects of, 12th, of the 12th house. He was born with a 12th house sun and, uh, and a 12th house Saturn as well. And we'll focus mainly on the sun, but having a 12th house Saturn, that's also very difficult. Saturn is uh, Saturn is the reality principle, and in the house of mysticism, it, it can have a difficult time coming to terms with reality. And one can feel sort of very oppressed from those hidden enemies that you don't even know who they are, and it can be a very confusing way to live. So George Bush, you know, I don't know his biography in depth, but the features of his life was he was sort of a ne'er-do-well younger boy. You know, he was obviously from a very wealthy family, you know, got into Yale probably not because he was very smart, but because he was well-connected. And so there's a bit of that sort of imposter thing around him. And, and with that becomes, you know, that sort of unearned privilege. With that comes a lot of hidden enemies. People don't like you, even though you didn't do anything. It wasn't your fault that you, your dad got you into Yale or whatever. But uh, you have all these people who, who are sort of against you. And
and and and may want to harm you and they kind of come from nowhere so there's there can be a bit of a confusion almost paranoia around that but mostly confusion and so what that leads to often is addiction and he was sort of famously uh, an alcoholic and, and a drug abuser and had this sort of typical ne'er-do-well lifestyle all of that addiction is very much associated with the 12th house. Eventually, it turned into deep Christianity, and which is another strong component of sort of religiosity and people who go through addiction and go through, particularly a program like AA, you know, they th- there's a strong religious slash spiritual component to Alcoholics Anonymous. And, and many people will indicate that addiction is really a spirituality by another name. You know, there are people trying to get to this mystical place through the only means available if they're not able to really connect directly with God and and, and have a, a, an intimate communication with the divine. And many people who go through the AA program, you know, they kind of move from, from being addicted to a substance to really focusing their spiritual energies more where they belong, where there's they're, a better container for them in the spiritual world, whether it's meditation or Buddhism or Christianity or whatever. But certainly sort of traditional Christian dedication works very well with the 12th house. Jimmy Carter is another 12th house son, sort of famously... Christian in really very very much the best way you know this all of the sort of virtues we associate with Christianity that's really what we're talking about with the 12th house here so what's interesting and we'll sidetrack a little bit into the relocation aspect of George Bush he was born in Connecticut and and when he relocated to Texas um, his 12th house son moved out of the 12th house I believe into the first house and that's just a, a significant difference the 12th house to the first house 12th house was more if you'll take it the womb and and retreat and withdrawal and kind of uh, passivity that comes with things like addiction and and, and the passive that's required for meditation and contemplation. Uh, the first house is more about action and doing and being out there in the world and having a strong, positive ego to to get things done. And by all counts, when Bush was in Texas, he was quite successful. When he ran for president, he was sort of portrayed in the media as being kind of a, a doofus. But there there's video of him debating in Texas for the governorship there, and he's actually quite articulate. It's actually not the George Bush that was presented in his presidential bid, but really a very, very sharp debate. And a, and a strong intellect. So he has a very, very different persona when he's out in Texas. Uh, now he goes back to Washington, D.C., which is the same situation as being in Connecticut. And so his son goes back in the 12th house. So we're back into this house of self undoing and redemption and so forth. And there's a component of redemption with the son in the 12th house where there's a strong desire to redeem the father that the father has missing pieces or the father has weaknesses or there's the father has unresolved issues that the son takes on for him to taking on the sins of the father and those kind of get dumped into the son's psyche and often will live out the father's purpose rather than his own without even really understanding it. Again, that's sort of the confusion of the 12th house where you're almost channeling something else. And that can be the literal father. And so in the context of really George Bush's most impactful actions as president, really the Iraq war, I think it's hard to, to think of that as, as not being really the most important aspect of his presidency and really the most disastrous. I think at this point in history, there's almost nobody left who thinks that was really a, g- a great idea to go into Iraq, certainly at least the way that uh, they did at the time. But at the time, uh, there was a lot of talk. In fact, Bush made public statements about, you know, Saddam Hussein tried to kill my daddy, you know, and so I'm going to go get him. And it's a little bit of a simplistic story and a morality story, but I think it's hard to say that that wasn't a component of the kind of obsession with Saddam Hussein at the time, that there was, it was unfinished business from his father. His father invaded Iraq, did not finish the job, did not finally oust Saddam Hussein for 
very good reasons, apparently, because he wanted to avoid the quagmire that eventually became the, the second Iraq war. But in, in any event, there was a sense that that was something left undone, that, that Bush Jr. had a sort of duty to redeem the father. And that's very, very, very much a component of the, of the 12th house son. Diverting again a little bit into Neptune, during the, the, the lead up to the Iraq war, Neptune was, if I recall, opposing Bush's uh, Mercury, which basically just means he was getting really false, misleading, deceptive information from outside. Uh, information that seemed to be true, that seemed to be almost too good to be true. And if you recall, if you're old enough to recall the time, you know, the idea of invading Iraq was very much, if we just pluck out this one bad actor, get rid of Saddam Hussein, the people will greet us with flowers, they're going to thank us, they're going to dance in the streets and, and, and welcome us as liberators. And then there'll be a cascade of overthrows of dictators throughout the region. And this sort of, you know, impossible region of the Middle East will start to be integrated with the global economy. The dictators will fall. Of course, we'll be will pay for the whole thing with all the oil that will be pumped out. And it will be a cakewalk. The, the word they actually use this will be a cakewalk. And, you know, really, it seemed like we would be in and out in a week and problem solved, Middle East done with a, a couple of great missile strikes. And that was really the, the sense of the time. And that's why the preparation was so, there was basically no preparation for what was going to happen on day two. And that sort of led to the, the cascading disaster that we're, we're still experiencing, you know, almost 20 years later. And at the time, there was actually uh, an informant that came forward from Iraq brought in by the CIA, and I can't remember, he had a curveball. <laughs> His name was actually Curveball, which looking back is, is tragically hysterical. You know, Curveball, of course, is something you, it doesn't appear what it seems either. It, it, it sort of goes sideways at the last minute. And the basically, the, the intelligence for all this stuff, the weapons of mass destruction thing, and that was the justification for the war, was from this one guy who was completely unreliable, but they took him as, as sort of gospel truth, and all the newspapers reported it, and Colin Powell famously went to the United Nations, and, and and he, he had this big display that were all these hand-drawn displays about where the weapons were stored in Iraq. And no one asked at the time, well, why don't you have photographs of this stuff? Why are these all hand-drawings? And, of course, in the end, it's because there was nothing. You know, it was literally an illusion, an absolute. They went searching for him everywhere. And eventually they realized this was an absolute sham. Uh, and uh, But at that point, they were too far in, right? And so this is really, this is a Neptune. I mean, you almost couldn't write it better if you tried. Uh, this sort of fantasy, you know, that absolutely dries up in the light of day, the way that when you're drunk or if you're on drugs or you're having some kind of hallucinatory experience, things seem so real and you give your heart away or you say something that you can't take back and, and you, you, you commit to a course based on a fantasy. You know, you steal a car or whatever it is and then when you sober up the next day you say oh my god what have i done you know the the light of day when the fantasy clears away the sober experience is absolutely devastating and so what you what you see then is the addict cycle of kind of trying to get get past that and you know you could say you know not to drag it too far we've been addicted to this war for a long time now you know where it obviously did not work out the way it was supposed to but looking that in the mirror looking at the humiliation and the, and the failure and, and just the fact that you've been absolutely taken in the mirror 
this is extremely hard to do for anybody uh, and certainly for in this case where so many lives were lost where so much money was lost and c- continues to be lost you'd have to think for for the president a lot of people don't have any sympathy for him which is certainly understandable but you, that'd be an extremely difficult thing to manage and so there were constant fixes and kludges and just sort of like well let's try this let's last a little longer let's we say that one more week you know the way that addicts will say just give me one more fix and that'll be the last one you know let me just have 10 more bucks to to buy another hit and then i won't ask you again for any more money you know this kind of situation and you know they've been sort of doing that in iraq for for years oh let a little further well if we leave now then it will all have been for nothing and so this constant quest to kind of redeem what was obviously a failure and what was obviously just being tricked and being deluded and for the 12th house that's such a strong component of people and with the neptune mercury experience trying to make the fantasies real that they see this vision of oh my god i'll be the one to save the middle east that's that sort of messianic complex very very typical of 12th house people to say i you know i will be the one to step in and you know do this one missile strike and because the technology is better now we can just no one will get hurt except for the bad guys and boom i will have redeemed the middle east saved this problem that's been going on for decades if not longer that's been intractable and with a wave of my wand um boom it'll all go away that's a very very compelling fantasy certainly for a president um and what happens with these fantasies is once we step into them and uh, and it dries up wow you know wow what a mess you know and that's why these neptune experiences can be so destructive and so it comes to the point i think i mentioned earlier self-undoing with the sort of giving your all to these sort of fantasies can lead to ruin, can absolutely lead to total self-undoing. Obviously, the legacy of George Bush will forever be associated with the quagmire of Iraq and personally the sort of disaster of that for him. And and he was undone. You know, people say, that, oh, I have been undone, you know, through whatever horrible experience. Neptune is fantastic for undoing people because the purpose of Neptune, to put a positive spin on it, is it is self-undoing. When you meditate, when you do fasting and cleansing, any kind of purification rituals, you are trying to undo the rigid structures of your life so that God can seep in so that you can be more clear on what your soul is about and what your purpose is about. And when you meditate, you know, a lot of it is just releasing and letting go and undoing the, the clogged constructs of your mind that are keeping you from seeing sort of higher truths. So undoing is a really important thing. Unwinding most of the great meditation purification practices, that's really what they're about. They're about cleansing out your psyche, cleansing out your soul of negativity, of trauma, uh, whatever and softening your your senses enough and blurring your reality enough that you can let go of your sense of reality and let that dissolve so that you can be cleansed and purified and then prepared for your next phase of life right it's not the whole purpose is to dissolve the whole time neptune is the last sign the 12th house is the last house it's getting prepared for basically a rebirth in the first house and the sign of aries so it's part of the sort of eternal process so the the undoing if you use it judiciously is an incredibly valuable tool but if you try to force the reality too much the undoing 
manifest in the real world and you have that kind of situation that George Bush had where he was undone, you know, by his foolishness and by his naivete, which and his his willingness to believe, which is another quality of Neptune, something that just wasn't true. You know, clearly in retrospect, we look back and we say, How could any of us have been so stupid, you know, to believe in all this fantasy? Look, this was just nonsense. This was never gonna work. And yet here we you know, half the world, or at least most of America, went in, you know, all the way into this into the situation. So uh, the last phase I want to just talk about in this chapter is then is redemption and just the final chapter I think for George Bush right now to follow his journey since he left the presidency he hasn't done very much in public I think mean, he's really withdrawn from public life now withdrawal again very very 12th house you know back into the asylum or into the meditation ashram or wherever where you can have your peace and and be with your thoughts but what he spent his time doing is painting and he's painting the the soldiers wounded maimed soldiers from the Iraq war from the, the war that he created and he he paints these ordinary people it's an act of I would say contrition it has to be an act of contrition an act of, of humility so sort of taking himself down from the commander-in-chief role to the on the ground level with the soldiers whose lives he is forever changed for the worse by and large one would have to understand and so in painting, there's a kind of purging through art. We can purge and cleanse and seek redemption as well. You know, I'm not going to, you know, plenty of people hate George Bush. I'm not going to pile on and say, well, that's no good. He's never, he's going to go to hell and there's nothing that can redeem what he did. Fine, you know, but uh, but you have to consider his act of coming down and, and using this art as a way to sort of reconcile and redeem and, and, and process what he's done. You know, I don't know if he thinks, if he still believes it was the right decision. I don't know what his psyche is telling him. Being president isn't an easy job. People are lying to you all the time. But you have to imagine there's some degree of extraordinary guilt about what he what he's done and, and what what effect has had on these people. And in a way, this would have to be seen as his way of redeeming himself. So it really, again, George Bush is such a great poster child for the 12th house astrology in terms of really going through all the phases from ne'er-do-well to confused boy to uh, drunk to Christian to deluded uh, visions of messianic grandeur to redemption of the father living out the father's purpose for him or believing you are to self undoing and then ultimately to to sort of withdrawal and redemption uh, all of these aspects are classic 12th house situations and uh, and particularly 12th house sun situations so for those of you who have 12th house planets it's a really great case study in sort of figuring out how you're going to work with them by being aware of that 12th house and and how those uh, those planets you know what the risks are with 12th house planets and then you know how to best deal with them ideally through contemplation and through a degree of withdrawal without trying to force them too much into the manifest world there really is a place in life for withdrawal and for for being away from things and when you try to to force force yourself out of that before you're ready danger ensues liz green makes the point that uh, the old world asylum back in the old days insane asylums the point of the asylum was to protect very very sensitive people from the world so it meant inviolate so that once you were in an asylum even if you were running away from the law there were certain temples you could go to and you'd be protected and the point was to keep the world out to the harsh hard reality of the world out 
so that people could go through their dream processes, through their insanity processes, and let the sort of purging and withdrawal, and they, and they saw a spiritual purpose in that, in these sort of half-born men, often men, who needed protection from the vicissitudes of the world in order to finish their birth process, even though they were, of course, born, they were, they were people, but they were so sensitive they needed protection from the world. Uh, these days, we sort of flipped it, where we're trying to keep the crazy people away from normal people, but the, the intention for that asylum model is really to protect those people from the harshness of the world so they can have time to sort of release and cleanse and purge their souls really that was recognized then and we have you know monasteries still and there's ashrams now and and the new age world has created all kinds of retreat uh, models for people to kind of do it makeshift 12th house experiences and miniature asylums and you know, we found ways to to kind of uh, manage that in the modern world but it's really important to understand the need for that in life if you have strong 12th house placements or transits through the 12th house where your Saturn could be transiting your 12th house for two or three years and you just may need to withdraw and not uh, not force yourself into the world when you do that you get tend to get the more dangerous aspects of it again the hidden enemies the self undoing uh, there's even a component of prisons in the in the 12th house where you where you kind of get get locked up because you need to get away from the world and if you can't through a normal sense you know the law sort of shows up out of nowhere again those hidden enemies show up and uh, and and capture you so as much as possible you know honoring the the archetypes uh, and their and the the essential nature of withdrawal meditation contemplation release detoxification um and there's there's always a need for that in life at some point in life and some people more than others and and really giving honor to that even though you know we live in a very extroverted certainly in america very extroverted culture making sure we have a place for that when we need it is just so important so astrology helps guide us on the timing of those things and sort of what our nature is what our needs are and it can help us really get a grip on what these archetypes mean understanding the purpose they have in our lives and, and so we can be a little bit less confused, less taken aback by them, and, and less prone to, to fight against them because, you know, we think we shouldn't be experiencing what we're experiencing. Uh, usually you should, you know, and, and the, the planets sort of show you when and what is going on in your psyche. I think especially with Neptune, it's it's one of the most difficult planets to manage in our lives, and astrology really, really gives us a great tool for understanding it, putting it in the right context, and... Um, and getting the most value out of it in their lives and sort of protecting us from the real dangers of uh, an out-of-control Neptune and, uh, and a Neptune where we, we force it against its nature. George Bush, incredibly dramatic case, but uh, but cases of real ruin and, and undoing when we force it too hard. So I uh, hope that was helpful and an uh, interesting take on, on the 12th house. I've been wanting to do that for a while. So thank you for, for listening to this uh, textbook case of uh, 12th house son from George W. Bush. Thanks.